Hi, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. It is Thursday, October 22nd, and today we are focusing again on crashes at road construction sites. We're doing this because in recent weeks, two more Michigan road workers were killed while doing their jobs on Michigan freeways. 26-year-old Zach Morissette, a three-time cancer survivor, died from injuries sustained when he was struck by a vehicle while working for Macomb County on I-94, and Jeremy Seitz was working for a private contractor on I-69 south of Lansing when he was killed. He was 40 years old and the father of three. So first, I'll be talking with Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer about why this topic is important to her and her ambitious Rebuilding Michigan plan. Then, we'll hear from Steve Wessels, a veteran MDOT maintenance supervisor who has seen a lot in his years working alongside traffic. But first, let's hear some of what Governor Whitmer had to say on a video MDOT produced on the topic. The next time you're on the road and approach a construction site, put yourself in the shoes of those people in the orange vests and hard hats. They want to go home to their families tonight, just as we all do. As my friends at MDOT would say, when you approach a work zone, please drive like you work there. So once again, I'm really pleased to have with me Governor Gretchen Whitmer uh, to talk about work zone safety and why it's so important in the wake of some, some very horrible incidents recently. Um, Governor, you participated in a video that MDOT produced on this issue, and it's something that's uh, pretty much never been done before to have a governor um, talk about that in such passionate and strong terms, and we really appreciate it. Can you talk about why this matters to you and you know your crusade to fix the roads? Well, you know, I, I want to first say thank you and, and tell all of the incredibly hardworking people at MDOT how much I appreciate the work that they do. Every day, they're working to fix the damn roads, but we got to make sure that we do it in, in a safe way that the public understands how important that is. And I think, you know, rebuilding Michigan means more than just, you know, simple road projects. It means more workers on the road. It means more, more families who want their loved ones to come home to them. And it's really important that um, we recognize that, we, we educate the public, because no one wants to be that, that driver that um, strikes a worker because they weren't paying attention or because they were texting or because they didn't know they need to drive slower in a work zone. And, and that's why um, I think it's, it's so important for so many reasons that we take this on and we educate the public and we hold people to a higher standard because these people that are, are putting themselves in danger to make life better for the rest of us deserve no less. So you've had to had the very painful task of having to call some of the relatives of some of these fallen workers and I know it's very important that you do that but can you talk about why why you do that and and how you how you do it I guess well you know we're in the middle of a global pandemic right and every lost life um, is is meaningful and it's important and that's why I think we can't let these let us grow numb to the numbers that we see in terms of, of fatalities to COVID and the same goes for our our state workforce, any loss of life is something that um, I know there are families who are mourning. I know that it's important to show that as the governor of the state, I, I, am, I am grateful and our state is grateful for, for the work that people do on all of our behalf. And we use this, um, you know, as, as continued motivation to, to do better and, and keep people safe. And when I've talked to families, I'm always just stunned at, um, you know, the, the, the stories that they share about their loved ones and, and that they are, are able to talk about the people
people they love so much and have lost. And I think it's important for us to show as a state that that we recognize that. Well, I think you mentioned rebuilding Michigan, and when we um, come out of this in whatever form, the roads weren't suddenly going to be fixed by themselves, so we're going to have to get back at it, and it's going to be a top priority next year. So, um, you know, we've got the rebuilding Michigan bonds, and we plan to ramp it up uh, in, in earnest uh, next spring. Can you talk about what that means to you and your agenda? Yeah, well, you know, as I got around the state, I got into all 83 counties. Um, someone referred to it this cycle as the full Whitmer. <laughs> that was a new one to me. But I had gotten into all 83 counties, and no matter where I was, people wanted to talk about the roads. And I didn't whole test the phrase, fix the damn roads. I just said it because that's how we all talk about infrastructure that needs desperately to be reinvested in and to be rebuilt. And so this is central to our work to make Michigan a destination for tourists and businesses and families alike. And that's why this will continue to be central to the agenda that I am going to push. And I'm going, we together, MDOT, um, and, and my office are going to get done. So I guess we could uh, amend the phrase to say fix the dam road safely. Right. Amen. Thank you, Governor, for taking time to do this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. I hear that all the time, and it's something that happens at my office. That's not the case when many of us go to work in our office, and there's not much we have to worry about. But what if your office looked like this? Cars whizzing by only inches from you while you work, and many drivers are not following work zone signs and speed limits. That's their office. The hardworking men and women rebuilding and maintaining Michigan's roads. You put these workers' lives at risk every time you enter a work zone. So do your part. Give them a break. Slow down and pay attention, especially when and where workers are present. As promised, I'm back with Steve Wessels, an MDOT maintenance supervisor in the Grand Region, which includes the counties surrounding Grand Rapids. Steve's on the front lines of road maintenance, and he's seen a lot over the years. So, Steve, thanks for helping to put a spotlight on this issue. So, I've been with MDOT 23 years. Um, I started when I was 20 with MDOT up in Reed City. I worked in uh, North Region for 18 years, and then uh, I worked my way up through. I worked on various region crews. I worked in, uh, one of the jobs I did up there is I worked uh, a catch basin clean out. So I actually worked in every county in North Region, all the counties, all the cities, and cleaned all the catch basins throughout the whole North Region. So in doing so, it gave me an opportunity to meet a lot of people. Um, I oftentimes worked with county um, employees and city employees. and. Uh, so I learned a lot of different areas, you know, different areas, different types of operations. Well, just so folks have a geographic understanding, um, the MDOT's north region is pretty much everything north of, of US, 10. US 10 in the northern lower peninsula. So it's a, it's a pretty vast stretch and it's a lot of counties. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, you know, there was 23 counties. That was before RPI. Um, and we did that, and we cleaned uh, 4,500 basins. We either checked or cleaned throughout the year, and uh, that was in every county, you know, so we worked with a lot of contract agencies through there. So, like I said, it gave me an opportunity to meet a lot of people, 
and when you're dealing with um, different entities throughout there, they have different regulations. You know, they, they follow different rules. They follow different protocols for their safety, you know, whether it be PPE, um, work zone safety. You know, there's just so many variations. I mean, you've probably seen it in, in your travels on how a county sets up a lane closure versus how MDOT sets up a lane closure, how maintenance sets up a lane closure versus how construction sets up a lane closures. Well, and that's, that's kind of the challenge that you outlined um, in your very good interview with Fox 17, I think, uh, as a maintenance supervisor who has to, to obviously worry about yourself, but you, know, you, you take very seriously the safety of the crews that work for you and doing maintenance um, often doesn't afford you the kind of time to set up a, a fully barriered work zone. You know, you're, you're moving on the fly a lot of times. So talk about some of those, those close calls and, and what you see, uh, you know, when you're out there on the road. You know, a lot of the things that we do, um, we tend to be as less of an inconvenience as possible to the motoring public, you know. And sometimes... <clears throat> I wouldn't say that we take risks, but, you know, a mobile operation has less restrictions. You know, we, we can do a, a, a moving operation and and maybe only put up one or two signs and utilize our vehicles for, our, you know, illumination and, and um, basically that's our that's our visibility is, is all that. So, and you see that a lot in the Grand Rapids area, a lot of, you know, moving operations where they will include, you know, the sheriff's patrol or they'll utilize their waymaster with red, you know, red lights. And uh, that's one of the things that we did say in the interview they didn't include, but, you know, the coloration and lights, lighting over the years has gotten tremendously better. You know, we went from rotary amber lights that you could barely see in the daylight to you know, LED, bright, green, amber, you know, it's gotten better. So you think the change to green lights has really made a difference, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've always said that when you think about it and you've got a garbage truck that runs around with a blinking yellow light, you've got an oversized load with semi that's going from Kansas to Canada, and they're driving down the freeway with blinking amber lights. Um, you got the male lady that's got a blinking amber light. How do you distinguish the difference between somebody that's out of the truck filling a pothole, standing in the roadway, or somebody that's in a seat-belted vehicle driving down the road? You know what I mean? There's no variation. And at least this gives us a, a distinct difference. You know, so people can say, hey, you know, that's a green light. That's probably somebody standing outside of the truck or possibly stopped in the lane of traffic um no different than you know for years if you've seen that that rotating red bubble you knew that was a state cop if you've seen you know red and blue you knew that was a county or a city cop there was just there's just this i don't know it's a, a knowledge that you get of who it is and you can tell who it is just by the coloration and lighting and i think the green lights have been very helpful to be honest with you well talk a little more about um some some close calls you've seen i mean you've, you've probably been, been in a situation where 
you know, you had a split second to realize that uh, somebody was going pretty fast, maybe veering, um, and maybe you caught eye contact at the at the last minute. Uh, what you know, what's that like to to think you know that this person you know it's certainly not personal, but you know they're they're driving through your workplace. You know, as we talk about a lot, and we talk about in our video, drive like you work here. You know what what's that what's that feeling like? Well, it's uncomforting, you know, and and you do get upset, and you, and you do take it personal because your safety is in jeopardy. But you know, maybe it's just an elderly person driving to the store that's confused. Or um, a lot of times, what we'll get is with mobile operations, maybe we'll have a car that pulls in between the two vehicles that's in our convoy, and then. A lot of times people will follow the leader and then next thing you know you got people stopped and um, two people are trying to get into the convoy and somebody else is trying to get around them and then they get impatient and uh, you know you hear honking horns and people yelling at everybody and you know it's just it can be hectic. You know, they want the roads fixed, but they want them fixed at night while they're sleeping. Exactly. That's what we've always said. You know, they <laughs> want to wake up in the morning and all the road work's done, all the snow's pushed back, the roads are clear, and they can drive 80 to work. And 80, 80 is, is slow nowadays. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, but, I mean, that project that you're specifically, you know, doing that story that work on 96 between Grand Rapids and Lansing. I mean, that that's just a heavily traveled road. And even with traffic down because of the pandemic, uh, I'm sure you've noticed that, you know, we've talked about this a lot and nobody can quite put their finger on why, except that early on there was less traffic and people got in the habit of driving fast, but they're still driving fast. Absolutely. And it's, it was weird. Like we've been, you know, we've been first responders and we were essential throughout this whole pandemic. So I work, you know, I work in Hastings and I work in Grand Rapids and I travel every day through those areas and it was so, so different how when nobody was on the road, you, you just, the traffic, the accidents, the volumes, everything was reduced and, and you, I didn't really notice it at first, but we also get, you know, I get alerts on any closures or you know, traffic delays or anything like that through Kent County or Barry County. And I was hardly getting any emails. And then all of a sudden it was like when things started opening up and people started going back to work, it was like the emails started to compile more and ding more often and accidents were happening. And then, and it's just, and now it's like, now it's almost back to normal, you know? And I know that traffic is still reduced but it's it's closer to to what it was than than earlier you know yeah no absolutely yeah it's it's recovered a lot well what do you tell folks you know that since you've been at this and you're a veteran and you you know you bring on younger people every year um and you obviously have all kinds of training that you do related to safety specifically but you know what do you tell people to try to impress upon them that that you know um, you've, you've got to keep your eyes and ears open. You can't count on those drivers to watch out for you. How do you impress that upon a, a younger person going into maintenance work? We try and tell them not to get too comfortable. And, you know, we want people 
it's a double-edged sword. You want guys that, that aren't afraid to work out in traffic because if they're nervous, they're not going to do a good job and they're not going to do quality work. But on the same note, you don't want somebody that's so comfortable that they're going to be running a broom out into a live lane of traffic and getting hit, you know what I mean, where they, they forget where they are. You know, So you always want to be cautious to your surroundings. You always want to be... You, respect where you're at you know and don't get too comfortable because as soon as you get comfortable with where you're at something bad's going to happen you know you're not paying attention um somebody comes you know screeching through and and you're not paying attention and you end up getting hit um you know it's hard to remember close calls you know i haven't had any like aha moment to myself you know but you know you smell brakes burning through your work zone you, you hear screeching you hear horns honking you know those are all distractions from work and it, it all it all wears on you after a while you know what i mean so well so what um you know you've been at it and you you obviously enjoy it and you find satisfaction in it there's some intrinsic reward in in what you do um you know, I mean, it's it's so important. It's 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 the you know you guys are the offensive linemen of uh, of a transportation organization, right? Like you feel like you never really get any credit, but they can't operate without you. So, um, what what keeps you you know interested and, and motivated to do your job? Self satisfaction. You know, we we get to drive down the road and we know what we did. You know what I mean? You know, hey, I did that project, or hey, we we did that project last year. It's really holding up good, or you know, boy, that didn't work. You know what I mean? And it's on all ends. You know, we do things that that are great, and we do things that aren't great. You know, everybody does. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, I always tease people. I'm like, you know, when you work for the state, you don't get a turkey at Thanksgiving. But, you know, you get the self-satisfaction of knowing that you kept people safe on their way to their, you know, Christmas dinners or Thanksgiving feasts and stuff like that. You know, it's just one of those one of those things. It's more an internal thing, and, and it has to be built in you. Because if you expect something out of it, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, well, I think uh, the year-round nature of your work, I mean, People think, especially in Michigan, is you know road construction is primarily a summertime thing. But you guys will switch from you know patching and mowing and repairing guardrails to plowing the before we know it, and then back to filling potholes in the spring. And the cycle will continue. So um, exactly correct. We just actually had this conversation. You know, the construction folks. When you have people in construction, you know, when's their downtime? They get a downtime in the winter, you know. Um, in maintenance, we don't have downtime anymore. You know, we, with our shorts, you know, our staff numbers are so low. Uh, we have maintenance projects that we have to do all summer. So, you know, we go from winter, we change over our trucks, we clean up our trucks, remove all the salt, and get everything ready for summer maintenance. And then we go right into summer maintenance. We do our summer programs and we get all that summer routine maintenance done and get everything ready and then we clean up our trucks and we prepare everything for our winter and 
there's just anymore there's just no downtime it gets hard you know for morale after a while you know the guys get <clears throat> it's, it's just one of those things where like i said you get self-satisfaction of knowing that you did a quality job you kept them over in public safe you know you you helped in, in 80 months yeah no i think it's that's really well said and i think that could be helpful in trying to point out in, in recruiting efforts because even though these are you know these are good jobs and they're 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 good income good benefits um it's it's hard to to hire people at, at this uh in in transportation right now like a lot of industries are facing a talent drain so i know you guys are too yeah it, it is hard we're actually going through hiring our rear staff right now boy you know it's hard it's hard you know you really got to treat your employees well in order to keep them yeah I'm pretty fortunate we i know us in the grand region we've got a pretty good program going um we've got a lot of returning people i've got I've got winter employees that come back. I got one guy, I think it's his 10th, 10th winter in a row that he's come back just as seasonal help, you know. Um, that's, and, and that's the biggest thing. You want you want knowledge to help keep the public safe, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Steve, thanks for, for taking the time to do this and, and helping us to put an emphasis on this. This is a drum we're going we're gonna to keep beating, and I know the governor's very committed to this because, uh, you know, she ran on fixing the roads and she knows that the people that fix the roads have to be safe. So you're helping to underscore that message and I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, anything you need, uh, I'm willing to help. I've done a lot of things in different areas of the state, so helping any way I can. Okay, well thanks again, take care. All right, thanks a lot, Jeff. That's a wrap for this edition of Talking Michigan Transportation. Check out show notes and more by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. 